I'm just not sure if I found it worse, slightly better, or the same as Biodome. <laughs> oh, it's way better than Biodome. Are you kidding me? What the fuck? Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Frida. I'm Abby, and this week's movie is Idiocracy. Speaking of Idiocracy, Frida, I just realized just as you started speaking that I hadn't unmuted my mic. So <laughs> thankfully, I did do that just before <laughs> to make sure We're going that it's really now well. recording. <laughs> Great. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So how are you doing? What's our um, science news, science chat, or just straight into the movie? What are you feeling like? No, I have science news. Okay, go on then. Can I just say I'm really exhausted from my whole career, and I'm just like, how much longer, okay. you know? <laughs> like, it's just such hard work, and I feel like it works so hard, and it's it, – like, you know, when, when am I, when's it gonna, when's it gonna really, you know, when's it gonna, when am I not gonna be like, you know, there, when am I gonna get to climb up? Like, how, how much longer am I going to be like a piece of academic shit? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You just work so fucking hard. Anyway, that's my little rat. Like, I felt like I've been working so hard all of January, but it's just like, it's never enough to actually get the success. You have this very small amount of <laughs> success metrics in academia papers grants you know and you don't get if you don't get them you know it doesn't matter how hard you work if you don't get them you're just like what am I even doing here so that's a little rant but so what I did it there's a conference and it happens to be at my favorite part of the world and I'm just adamant that I'm going to go to this fucking conference and I didn't have enough work to get together of my own like actual work so I concocted out of my you know, a study just so I could apply to go to this conference. And it was like three or four weeks of like incredibly hard work just to get this study together to present it just so I can go to this part of the world. Uh, and that's what I've been doing. Do you know, do, can you guess which part of the world it is? Or I mean, you know? I know already. Okay, you know already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I did it. I got it in in time. I... I, I made up something that I thought might be interesting to people and I and I investigated it and I got some pretty good results and I wrote it up and I sent it in and hopefully they'll they'll let me come and present Yay. at this conference and then at the same time I investigated like travel grants just in case my work doesn't cover me. Yeah. So I thought like if I'm going to be in this shit, you know, for my life, at least <laughs> I can like have you know make it work for me from time to time you know what i'm saying yeah. you know what i'm saying gonna make it work that's, so that, that's the whole thing make, and this is january is all about giving us these moments you know getting to go off and just enjoy <laughs> yourself by connecting with other scientists yeah. and talking to nerdy stuff and doing it in cool locations i've got my first one at the beginning of march or like my first in-person conference at the beginning of march i'm very excited mm -hmm. about it this is a whole week in the Algarve. <laughs> Ooh, 
It's the best part. I have one other bit of thing that I wanted to share before mm. it's your turn. And that is that um, I was out and I was talking to a nice fellow and he asked me what I did. And I said I was a scientist. And he was like, so what do you think about the vaccine, by the way? And oh. he started talking to me about COVID and the vaccine. And I was like so patient and just like, oh, I felt like I actually died. I was like very patient and gently used my authority to kind of um, calm him down. But, you know, like this person now has no he, – he lost his chance. You know, like if he was in with a chance, uh, it dawned yeah. on him. As time, like the, the blood sort of drained from his face when he realized like he's lost his, his chance. And then a few hours later, he came up and apologized. He said, oh, I, I just apologize for that. I just try to be sometimes, um, you, know, confront, you know, confrontational or provocative. But I just want to say like, uh, uh, thank you for, your, for what you do. Um, thank you for what you do. And I was like, you're welcome. Okay. But it's over for you. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it bugs like, me uh, these days. You it, say you're a scientist. People attack you like, you, you know, I sacrifice yeah. everything so that I can do something for humanity. You, you fuck. Stop attacking that, me. That's the thing. It's um, it's that that I hate that. I hate when people are like, oh, I'm just being provocative, and it's like, no, you're not. You don't know the topic that you're talking about. And you think you're speaking to someone with authority on that topic. And rather than just going, oh, could you explain something to me? You feel like you have to come at them with some sort of like, oh, I can engage with you on an equal level in this. And your view of that is being provocative. And it's like, no, you've just been listening to bullshit and you're just chatting bullshit. And it's just pointless. I, I, I yeah. just I, like I've no anyone who says to me like, oh, I'm just trying to be provocative or I'm just playing devil's advocate. It's like, no, shut up. No. No, sorry, no, that's not, this is not a conversation I want to have. Yeah. Well, I was happy to, you know, talk with him and, and help ease his anxieties about the vaccine. And, you know, but, but uh, it just like, it, it's very rude, you know, like to, to your, yeah. your response to me telling you what I dedicate my life to is to like see me as somebody who's like representing this evil thing that you're perceiving and kind of attack me and then provoke me. Um, and I do like, he came and apologized yeah. later and thanked me for my life's work, which I appreciated yeah. that a lot. And it just made me think like, we've, scientists have, have been at the receiving end of this insane flack and can we just reverse that? Can we just reverse that attitude? Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, like we just... It's, speaking uh, of uh, idiots, speaking of men with authority <laughs> and idiots, <laughs> shall we talk about this movie then? Yeah. Hey, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Movie summary for Idiocracy. One day, military storeroom protector, Average Joe, and Rita, the artist, Go into cryogenic hibernation for one year, for reasons I honestly can't remember. While in stasis, the leader of this super duper top secret project gets arrested. Again, for reasons I honestly can't freaking remember. Um, so as these things go, Rita and Joe are lost to the garbage. And somehow their stasis pods are self-sufficient and have unlimited power. So when a garbage avalanche, a garb avalanche if we'll have it, happens 500 years later, 500 years later, 
uh, their pods open and the two now smartest people on the planet emerge to a society run by Carl's Jr. Robots, Starbucks brothels, energy drinks and their wrestling porn star president. Ow my balls is the entertainment of the day. People might not know what books are. They don't understand that plants need water and not sure still thinks these guys have a time machine. In the end, Joe and Rita become president and first lady as the two smartest people in the world and begin their own repopulation program. This movie is hailed as prophetic of a future where education is lost and automation is everything. But there's one other prophecy fulfilled here, Frida, that the world would someday see Maya Rudolph for the queen that she is. (laughs) Idiocracy. Cute. Idiocracy. How do we feel about it? <laughs> well, I think it's a it's an interesting concept, but it's a terrible movie. And I think like <laughs> it would be better as an essay. Yes. Right? Like it's... just it, it'd be great as an essay. And and then um... it would spare us having to sit through the entire concoction is it's celluloid. Uh, it just would I, be good. I it's wasn't a great sure. great ideas. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to like enjoy it as like some high concept thing <laughs> or if you were going to hate it because like I hate it and I'm sorry I know lots of people love this movie but I honestly don't like it at all. <laughs> it's just not the type of humor that I like and we've talked about it before with um, Nutty Professor you know that that kind of toilet humor stuff mm. I can't remember what did you call it it's got a proper it's got a proper name. Oh, uh, oh, oh, co- co- uh, <laughs> scatological humor. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> I just, I just don't. Oh, we like said a corporate Whoops. So... <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, the other one. Sorry. <laughs> scatological. But um, I yeah. honestly like. I did. I when I watched this movie, I was like, I honestly, I don't have a whole lot to say about the movie itself. Um, I was like, I'm just not sure if I found it worse, slightly better, or the same as Biodome. Oh, it's way better than Biodome. Are you kidding me? What the fuck? Oh, okay. I'm going to defend this movie a little bit if you're going to say that, because this movie did have some funny parts that made me laugh because right. there were some very funny okay. people. There were, and there were good jokes. There were good, like, meta jokes. Didn't necessarily okay. translate to good funny moments, but there were funny moments. And Luke Wilson is very likable, so it's it, it doesn't even it's out, it's I, yeah. not even in the same it's not in the same vicinity as that piece this of shit. This is true. Film. I will. Yeah. Okay. This is true because Luke Wilson is always to me, no matter what, Luke Wilson is always likable, and and I, I yeah. genuinely enjoy him all the time. So. And it is okay, interesting. But... It's an interesting topic. <laughs> there are interesting things that are being it's... discussed. Biodome yeah. had nothing worthwhile, nothing interesting. There was nothing interesting <laughs> about it. It doesn't belong anywhere. It should never be concocted. It should never be thought of. It never be written. It never be produced. How did any of that happen? This movie, actually, it's timely. It's relevant. It actually brings up things that are thoughtful, funny. It's a it's a hate letter to the human race. No question. Like it fucking hates hates humans. It hates Earth. It hates the people. It, it hates everybody inside it. But it's not useless. It's interesting and it's terrible. But like, please, like I can't. Ugh. I, I, I just want to I just want to point out that judo chop on on my in my live chat just said I hate this movie proceeds to defend movie 
Because there's there's height but and there's I biodome. I know, because I okay, made the comparison is... to biodome and we all have to acknowledge how terrible biodome was. And if you need to hear about that, you can just go to the podcast and listen to our biodome episode because we were very clear as to our feelings on biodome. <laughs> Great episode though, right? <laughs> I've told people yeah. that story, like, just socially, the story of the real story. And, and don't, people don't yeah. believe me. It's a great episode. Uh, anyway. Um, okay. So is there anything else you want to say about the movie before we get into the cast? Yeah, I have a couple of bits I thought were funny. Okay. Uh, we could do funny bits in a minute. Let's do okay. cast first. All right. So we've got... Okay. Uh, okay. Here's the list of people that I picked out. We've got Luke Wilson as Joe Bowers, just average Joe. We've got Maya Rudolph as Rita, the artist. Uh, Justin Long as Dr. Lexus. Dax Shepard, whose character's name I cannot remember. Uh, Beef Supreme. Frito. Frito. Frito, okay. Beef Supreme is um, is Luke Wilson's brother. This is a funny, this is an interesting story. The guy who plays Beef Supreme, he's Luke and Owen Wilson's brother. Mm. So the only other person to bring up then as well is uh, Terry Crews. And I just want to say his name because I just enjoy it. Uh, Dwayne, mm. El- fuck's sake. Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. <laughs> he's very funny, um, Terry, Terry Crews. I've never seen him in a movie, I don't think. He's hilarious. Good for him. I really like Terry Crews. What have you got to say about the cast? Um Well th- there was a there was like a, a a character in there played by I didn't even Did you ever watch Mad Men? No. No, there's this character called Bobby Barrett uh, in he plays a huge role in like the third season, um, the second season, excuse me. And uh, he has a bit part in like right at the beginning of the military thing. I just wanted to say that Um, I have something to say about the cast uh, actually kind of like later, weirdly comes up in my what the fuck. So I'm just going to save that till later. But um, I, I, I like Luke Wilson. I just think he's really solid. And my Rudolph is really funny. And um, I don't like Dax Shepard. I think he's I think he's just awful here. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. I think I just found every character other than Joe and Rita really difficult. I aside from like Terry Cruz's character. Um, it felt like Dwayne was like the smartest person before Joe and Rita and then everyone else was just really really hard like I just think maybe it was to do with the the way that they had them speak I was just like I just can't like I just I can't focus on you guys I hate every one of you <laughs> it was stupid so it was, it was stupid like they didn't um, at all develop that weird language like it was very inconsistent sometimes they'd be in this language sometimes they just have a stupid voice they were saying that there's some sort of pigeon english version but they not in no way bothered to pigeon actually english valley girl thing um, that could be believable yeah. as like there was no dialect that they even bothered to concoct everyone just did whatever they wanted everyone just put on their stupid person voice yeah. and they were all really bad at it and the president um, okay, so didn't what, bother what are... at all. He just spoke normally. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was a wrestler, so you know he, he's got to have his wrestling speak. That's my that's my excuse. I don't know. Uh, okay, let's talk about. So, what are okay. the bits uh, about the movie that you you said you got some funny bits you want to pick out? 
Okay. I've got I've got like two two main things and then a couple little things. All right, give me one of your little ones first. Okay, I like it on his ID card when he makes the ID card. Um, no, not sure. Yeah. Did Did you see the detail? It goes hair. Yes. Eyes. Yes. <laughs> I didn't see that. I I'm so proud of myself that I saw that. I was That's just like funny. I do I do enjoy the fact that they kept calling him not sure the whole way through. It's just like what the fuck come on. Yeah, guys. just the frustration of listening to an automated thing. They're like, oh, we didn't get that. Was that this? Yeah. Oh, that's real. <laughs> that is so real. Um I liked how um like it's it, it is that whole thing of the automation then because when they're in that so the the two things in the hospital, which is the so one of course the the which which emoji button to press at the hospital <laughs> ouchie knee, oh, yeah. ouchie oh head ouchie elbow <laughs> uh... <laughs> look on her face the whole way through while she's staring at him and he's like she's I don't really staring at him <laughs> it's kind of like amazing physical comedy the, the way she stares at him and uh, uh, just staring down she's like which squish is looking at him and then the way the camera's like ah. <laughs> how do I match like, this I know face down <laughs> yeah it's like it's what's good. that it's the so pain funny. chart isn't it isn't there like a pain chart with the different faces and it's like how do you how do you match the um the person's what's the what's on the pain scale <laughs> yeah. um and then like and then throughout the hospital they go i mean come on there's the mountain dew in the um in the water fountain hilarious like, what the fuck is going on it's hilarious because it it does remind me of like what I think about like athletes being kind of like dumbass athletes with Gatorade. Oh yeah, it's like it reminds me of that. I, it's because water's obviously, yeah, the best. <laughs> People are like Gatorade. It's like yeah, because they're paying you. Yeah. It's got electrolytes. It's got the electrolytes, Brina. Do you know? Yeah, and electrolytes, and then they keep repeating that phrase as well. Yeah. Do you know that that the University of Florida invented Gatorade for no. for the athletes? I did not. And know that's that. why it's the gate because it's the Gators. That's what the team is called. It's like it's like Miami. Oh. It's like one of the universities there. Then they made it for the athletes on the team. Speaking of wow. the fact that in the future scientists will be too busy with erections, it's like yeah. they concocted. <laughs> Gatorade because of the athletes in the university and that making so much money college football um, that's why it's called Gatorade this is the thing it's the conquering hair loss and maintaining erections and it's like of course they are because of course it's to do with men of course men. that's what all the focus of science is on <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's funny it's funny because it's true <laughs> <laughs> um, um another little thing i, I liked, loved was yeah so you go i liked the part i liked i liked the whole prison thing in the whole he goes into prison and he's like you know oh my god how the fuck am i gonna get out of here and then he's just like he just sees the exit and he's just like just walk out the exit door and i think i think the exit door said escape and then escape is uh, spelled with an x and there's like guns <laughs> on the door or something like that. Oh yeah, no. When when he goes outside, there's guns on the thing that try to shoot him or something when he escapes. The first he goes, he goes, "Hi, I'm supposed to come out today." And they're like, "You idiot! You're supposed to be in the that line there, and that's the line that gets you out." And he's like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I am stupid." And then he goes <laughs> in the line that gets him out, and then he goes to the front, and they're like, "What's?" And they they scan, and they're like, "Oh, it says he was supposed to be in there, so I think you're in the wrong place." And he's like, "No, I wasn't here for sure because that guy sat on my face." 
place. And so I'll, I've been in here and they're like, okay. And then he runs out and then he just yeah. runs. And the guns are so shit that they try to shoot at him and they shoot each other each and other. blow the yeah. guns up. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what it so is. Because everything's so shit. Uh, that, yeah, that, no. I enjoyed that scene. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good gag, the whole thing about how, like, he's pretty average, but everyone is so stupid that he can use his average intelligence to outsmart everybody. And the yeah. same thing with her. Um, yeah, it's so. a good gag the whole way. <laughs> um, another thing I loved was, welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome it's... to Costco. I love you. It's kind it's of sad, the whole actually. Thing I thought that funny. Of, um... It is because it's it's a very American thing, isn't it? The way that they do like that, you know, the whole like attention thing when you walk into a store and they're, I don't even know what they do, but you know, greeters, it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's just that idea that the greeting has gotten to that point of it's just like I love you. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> the dystopian in the sense that, that they don't even try. They're just like I love you, I love you. <laughs> oh. Um, so I've only got one thing left, really. So do you have Ooh. anything else? I have two. So the sort of one of my big ones was I absolutely loved the beginning of the film when the general or whoever, the, the scientist, was talking about um, the pimp that he had to get to know. And he's like, I had to earn his trust. And then he starts, <laughs> he proceeds to show all these slides was like examples of him earning the pimp's trust and the guys are like yeah, we get it and he's like oh okay well and he starts talking he goes you think he goes you see a pimp's love is different from a squares you know and and he's trying he really wants to talk about it but they're like trying to get him to move on but as he keeps going through the slides there's like there's like 20 or 30 slides of him quote unquote getting the pimp's trust i thought look i thought it was pretty funny it made me laugh. It was so silly. It was silly because it was making fun of like a cop shows, procedural shows where they're like, yeah. you have to get undercover and earn their trust. You know, and yeah. that explains everything. And you're like, that makes no sense. And it explains absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> well, it's also it's just, just like the whole like, look that. at all the work I did. Like, I, you know, it's like I figured out how to do this. Let me tell you how I did this. <laughs> that desire to share. Um, I, know. Yeah. I think. The last one then for me, and I think it's the same one for you, is uh, what is just the absolute best gag in the entire movie, which is the time machine ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I said it I said it in the um, in the summary, but like the fact that these people are putting um, sports drinks into the fountains and using it to water plants, that they're all wearing branded clothes that they're like sitting on like. I can't, there's just garbage dumps everywhere and that Joe still thinks that they have a time machine. Like, that he actually believes that these yeah. people have built a time machine somewhere. Like, what are you on about? He just takes it on so quickly and then I, I just was along for the ride too. I was like, oh, cool, there's a time machine. Because the whole plot was kind of contingent <laughs> on him getting to the time machine. And also, like, my Rudolph's character was like, I'm staying, you go. And we're like, okay, this is the plot. And the movie carries us along the entire time thinking that the plot is he has to get to a time machine only for him to go. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, oh, it's a ride. Why did you – why did you – take me there if you knew it was a ride it's like i like the ride and then he has to tell him but you realize there wouldn't have been any money right and he's like oh shit because <laughs> the whole plan was like go back in time buy stocks the stocks will become valuable yeah. i give you money and he's like 
even the, even the millions it is like what's 10 what's 1 million what's half of 10 million and he's like 18 million what does he say yeah it's like wow, I, that's I can't a lot of remember money. <laughs> yeah it, it was so bonkers as well because when you think about it too like even if he had gone back in time um like he would have gone back in time he would have changed the course of history somehow no because he would have gone back in time nobody would have believed him i was just trying to think about a future where frito still actually exists do you know a future where frito was born <laughs> and that he and that he has access to this whatever this account also what account is it what account still survives like where <laughs> it's like it was such an easy play for joe because like he could have just said it and nothing would have happened even if there was a time machine like Frito still would have just been like, oh no, the bank closed or something stupid yeah. like that, you know. But it is wait, brilliant. Wait. Like, think- no, no, no. It'll be like, it'll be like, uh, we haven't, it'll be like it, it, in the timeline. So they have the conversation. That is the future, right? So what happens yeah. is that they go to the bank and Frito waits at the bank while the other guy goes back in time because and, he, and he gives Frito a list of things, instructions on how to get the bonds for the bank. I'm just talking this through. They go to the bank. He says, stand here. And in one hour, I'll go back in time because it'll take me. I'm going to do it. You wait an hour for me to change history and then I'll have changed history and then you get the money out. That's how they'll do it. They'll do it like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Classic. I fully, I fully believe, sure, that if there had been a time machine, he would have gone back and Frida would have had no problems whatsoever figuring out where this money was. <laughs> Absolutely. The plan that. was solid. And then there's a scene where he's just sort of getting on the train. He's like, wait, yeah. wait. He's doing what we're doing. He's like, how is this going to work? Wait, wait. And his like, mind is like bending because thinking about paradoxes, it's hilarious because the whole notion of like you can resolve a time travel paradox in your head in the time that you're holding open a train door and then Frito's (laughs) face is just staring at him like "Uh," which is exactly the face that I make when we talk about time travel paradoxes that's a good gag too that's hilarious there are a lot like, of funny things in the movie. They do bring us really into it, though, because like when, when you do that and even just him having that moment of discussing the like or trying to figure out the paradoxes and everything, it, you kind of stay in it and you think that the movie ending is him deciding not to go back in time and to stay there and just help the future because he probably couldn't change anything if he went back anyway, because they'd all just think he was crazy. But like, it's just that great moment of like... Um, that that shot from the moment of him talking to... Fr- uh, to I think it's him talking to... Excuse me, sorry. I think it's him talking to Rita and then just the next shot is they're all sitting on the time machine ride. It's ride, not even like yeah. they give us the, the whole they get there. It's like we just get that visual of them on the ride and he's just sitting there looking really like, so it was a ride. <laughs> it's just great. Just on the ride. It's funny. It is funny. There are some funny Way things in this movie, I admit. But than. like, but, <laughs> but... <laughs> But let's shall we move into themes and move it? Yeah. Um, so in terms of themes, like, I mean, the themes of the movie are, are pretty clear. And the only thing I wrote down really was like to do with anti-intellectualism and the effect that it will have in our society or not necessarily anti-intellectualism. But the um, the the theme is like the idea of natural selection and choices, whether to have or not to have children and and all of these things. But saying all of that, this is all stuff that we're really going to get into um, in our sciency section in a minute in discussion topics so aside from that I'm not really going to get into it now but is there anything that you want to bring up before we move on 
Nope. Okay. Then trope of the week. Or trope of the movie. Why do we call it trope of the week? Why not? It's what it's called. Don't <laughs> argue with tradition. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> it is tradition. This is true. Okay. What is your trope? Well, <laughs> excuse my French, but my trope is a hooker with a heart of gold. <laughs> it's a very famous trope. Yeah. It, and it's about it's about a sex worker who has characteristics of niceness and a good heart and it ends up well in this case actually being the love interest and so that's a trope that exists and so I'm pointing our attention to it it's something actually yeah and something we didn't mention is um it is great the whole thing of Rita manipulating the guy to get money be like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, baby, you just have to wait just a little bit more. Yeah, baby, tomorrow, tomorrow. And he's like, oh yeah, okay, girl. And he's giving you her, her like these wads of money, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll see you, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> it's just like the, just the the way she's just. It's so easy for her to be able to just be like, you idiot, just give me money, go away. I'm not gonna touch so you. Did you pick up? Did Did you pick up on the in that future the word for sex is utilize? He goes, no. I want to utilize you. Yeah, he's like, well, I want to really utilize you. And what? then it comes up later when, when they talk about utilize. They're like, utilize, utilize. It's like it's like this and 69, utilize. That's what they're acting like. But that that's what I took. It was like a little bit. They, Yeah, utilize is the word for having sex with a woman. I suppose because Oof. it's this world of like everything is centered around product and she's a product. Or a service. Yeah, could be. Around services. Yeah. And she she's a service and he wants to utilize the service. Oh God. Okay, so so my trope um, uh, what's yours? Yeah, I like I I didn't really know. There was there was loads of stuff going on, so I was like I didn't really pick out anything. I kind of didn't know how to pick out anything. I mean, I hate the whole guy and girl get together thing just because it's just always a thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, they, they have to get oh. together at the end. Yeah. I mean I know they had to get together to make smart babies because that's what the the science of the movie is saying. But like, it was just like, come on. Um, I, I You know, I would say something about the whole trope of the president being really dumb because it was made in the Bush era and a lot of it was supposed to like make fun of Bush. But like everyone was dumb. So, you know. Uh, and then like there was a kind of not not a reverse trope but there was like that that kind of thing where a lot of these movies that we normally see or a lot of the action movies I think are like things like Geostorm and stuff like that there's always like some guy who's not this not the norm to society you know or not no, the norm to yeah. the corporation or whatever and it's all like the smart guys and the scientists yeah. and it's like you don't know anything and the guy is like kind of like oh I have an idea and they're like nah you're so stupid you don't know and um, and then he ends up being like the a genius and solving everything. So it's a little bit of that, but instead of them like being snobs towards him, they were more kind of like it was like that kind of college nerdy thing, like nerd. But we kind of need a nerd, so oh, you're a nerd. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> oh my god, the way they would make fun of the way he was talking, that was pretty offensive too. Jesus, uh, it's like. It's that whole, I wonder, I wonder, is it like, was this a little bit pre-nerd revolution? Was this still in a time where... Nerds were nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been. <laughs> Might have been. Well, that's all I have for that anyway. Um, so I'm ready to talk science if you are. All right, let's get into some science. Woo! 
so to get into what's happening like there's so we'll start with uh what's actually happening at the start of the movie which is a little bit more of the actual science stuff and then and then we'll get into more discussion stuff. So we kick off with our average Joe and sex worker Rita heading into stasis. We've talked a bit about stasis in our Alien episode last year where I mostly talked about medical research that's aimed at giving surgeons more time to treat fatal wounds. But in this movie, they're being placed into cryogenic hibernation. Now, the thing is that in the real world, it's actually termed cryonic preservation and reanimation. And this is a real thing that is offered by companies that people pay for to have done to them. Uh, it, but the thing is, what they're claiming is definitely not possible in our real world today. Like what happens in the movie is not possible. So how it actually works in terms of these companies that sell this shit is that when a person is declared dead, the medical team cools them with ice water and then they use CPR and oxygen masks to keep the tissue oxygenated. Then the person is put on a machine that circulates the blood like a bypass machine so that oxygenation continues. They then pump in a solution that's basically antifreeze so you don't get ice crystals in the tissue. And then they slowly cool the body in a liquid nitrogen chamber. The person is then placed in a liquid nitrogen tank until they're ready for reanimation. Now, for this to work, they need to be able to repair any damage from freezing because the freezing process destroys the cell membrane, which is something that cannot be undone. So ultimately, there's no proof that this process actually preserves anything and no real expectation that anyone currently being preserved in a cryonic chamber will ever walk the earth again. What's your feeling on cryonics? My feeling about it, it's a film trope. And as we started talking about it, I was like, that's the trope. That's the trope from the movie. Mm. It's completely made up for film. It's just one of those things which, I mean, it's about preserving somebody it's about it's about freezing them and then defrosting them and then that they'll be fine after and then they'll just come out fine that they'll have a lot of tissue damage in reality but yeah but, but that's what i mean it's not it, it's like, not just it's not just a, a thing made up for a film trope like people actually pay to be put into cryonic um stasis mm. or like cryonic um suspension with the intention that at some point in the future society will have figured out a cure for them and a way to reanimate them and heal them but they've already died you're keeping yeah. their like and, and the freezing process destroys the cell membrane and there's literally no way it's not a thing of like oh maybe in the future there's no way to to bring that to reanimate that to bring that back and it's mad to me that people actually pay to have this done because what happens when those companies go bust Well, but that's what I mean. Don't you think that they would? It wouldn't have occurred to them if it wasn't for movies. Like these are one of those blue yeah. sky science fiction ideas that we assume we're gonna have in the future, like living forever via cryogenics. That that's been yeah. that's only been a device to send people into the future. Like it's only been a plot device that's concocted just for this exact thing so that we can peek into the future. And so it's seeped into our consciousness. And so people think that that's going to be something that'll happen. 
Like, uh, I take the point of someone if they're like, oh, well, I'm dead. So and they and they're rich and they've got lots of money. So they're like, oh, I'm dead. So just, you know, pay for it. And who knows what will happen. But all I can think is like, what are these companies doing with your body? <laughs> like your body's in a nitrogen tank. How long can they maintain that? How long can they pay for it to like how much money do does that company have to be able to sustain this long term? Uh, how long can they sustain it for? And at what point is your body, like, I just, you know, it's like, I, Target <laughs> I just practice. don't like, <laughs> yeah, like, this is insane. <laughs> yeah, like, I wonder um, what those contracts look like. How long do those bodies yeah, get kept for? Exactly. What, like, what's Ugh. the, is is it like a only scam. a certain number of years with the expectation? Um, okay, Sorry. so let's move on. Yeah, I mean, exactly a scam. I, I honestly feel that they're a scam. I don't for one second trust any of them in any way that they're doing anything um, the, uh, reasonable. I don't know. I can't even think of the word. Anyway, okay, so Joe and Rita have woken up 500 years in the future. Uh, while they mm-hmm. were in stasis, people with high IQs have stopped having children while dumb people... Uh, dum-dums are breeding like rabbits this has led to a decline in intelligence in the population and an overall dysfunctional society now they're watering crops with energy drinks because like it gives like the plants energy to like grow and it's like way better than giving them toilet water which is like gross dude now I can almost see that happening not gonna lie Um, but there's a few things to talk about here but let's start with uh, not in this economy the child free by choice era Now, the rise in people either not having children or putting it off um, basically leads to... Sorry, so there is a rise in people either not having children or like putting it off. And some factors in this are women rebelling against a societal expectation and doing what's best for them. Some are financial concerns. Uh, It takes like... I worked it out before and it takes at least £19,000 a year to raise a child. My stipend £16,000 a year, so that's not happening. Um, genuine concerns about the direction of society and people not wanting to bring children into a broken world as well. There's this whole revolution, not revolution, but there's this whole group called Birth Strikers, which is a movement of women who have decided not to have children until climate change ends. So like there's lots of chat about this going on in the world right now. So I do feel like that opening sequence that they have with the family who are like, oh, just not yet. You know, the couple are like, not yet, maybe, we'll see. Uh, while the other couple are just like popping out kids all over the place. Um, as a person with a child, what are your thoughts on this? Many, many thoughts. Um, firstly, I don't like the idea that it's like dumb people having, you know, and I, I just, I think that distinction is a little bit unfair. Um, I think, you know, poor people, I think, I think let's be more honest about that. Um, it's more common that middle-class people will be like, look, it costs this much and I only have this much therefore. Right. And then people Mm. in the lower socioeconomic, uh, strata, um, will not think that way at all. Um, women that are working class historically took a lot of pride in their role as wives and mothers, mothers, especially, um, in that role. That's something that women that have, few choices in parts of the world where they have few choices take quite a lot of pride in motherhood um Mm. so I don't think it's dumb or stupid I think it's more socioeconomic so that's sort of interesting um 
Yeah. So that's my first comment that I don't I don't like the dumb smart thing. I just think that that's yeah gross. Just because you are a high earner, middle class person, it does not mean that you are smarter. Yeah. You know, than Mrs. Poor with with without the birth control. You know, so that's I my agree. first thing. Um, but I do think the middle class has a problem with this sort of hesitation to have children in my view, um, for a number of reasons, like why I think it's a problem. I, I just think for, for what I think about ch- children is that, um, either you have them, they happen or they don't happen, but they're just a normal thing. That's part of the human experience is like, children uh, I think there is a bit of overthinking happening with the middle class I think it's kind of dysfunctional and when when they had those opening clips that they were kind of like oh it's not this time it's not that time this that this that this is like I felt like it was actually a really good reflection of reality on what middle class people do do p- pushing off children and I see it around like all the time um, and and it's not just that I have a child is that I've also had like a number of like pregnancy losses or, uh, you know, um, things that have like, I've had, um, mishappenings as well. Right. In that. So like I have behind me the experience of like all the shit that goes wrong, like this can go wrong, that goes wrong. This doesn't work out. This doesn't work out. This doesn't work out. Like it's all part of it. And so when I see like middle-class women being like, I'm going to wait till this exact point and then I'm going to have my baby and then everything's going to go great. And I'm going to have my baby and everything's going to be great. But it's not, this is not how it is in real life. Not only does shit happen and, and maybe the older you get, yeah, it is harder to have children, the more expectations you set up about everything go perfectly, the more stressed you are, the harder it might be to conceive. But also like the more you're like expecting everything to just like work out perfectly because you've put your two years aside, the more likely you are to be so fucking overwhelmed with the experience and develop like a postnatal depression or all these sorts of things. There's so much anxiety around it having to be perfect. I just think it's completely dysfunctional and it's like there's a lot of misdirection. Like mis- no, misdirection isn't the right thing, but it's misguided. I think it's a little bit fucked up. So I just think people need to calm down like children – you know, like, I don't know, just can't, I don't think, I think there's a bit too much overthinking happening perchance. Um, um, but I totally see this, this, this like delaying, I don't know. I, so I totally, so that beginning pit, I felt like was kind of true to, true, true to the way people think these days. Um, and then you get here, it's just so much anxiety. Right? Everything has to be perfect because you've lined up the, per- you know what I'm saying? You've lined up the perfect time in your life. It's like, this is the perfect time and it has to happen and it doesn't work that way. It's biology. And then like, what happens next? So if you think you want to have children, you should just have them. Well, any point. I, I no, I agree and I disagree with that because I think okay. that if you, if you do want to have children, I respect people trying to come up with a plan trying to decide what's right for them when it works for them what other things they because there's too many times in our lives where we have been told that the expectation is you have to have and you have to have it at this time and you have to do it in this way where you then sacrifice your life as a whole functioning human being and the opportunities and the things that you maybe have wanted to do in your life because of this expectation where you're supposed to have a child young, you're supposed to do it at this point. And I've had that said to me as well before where it's like, you know, oh, just get pregnant, like just get pregnant. Don't worry about it, just get pregnant. And I'm like, 
I cannot explain how stressful my life would be right now if I had a child. Like, I can't afford to have a child. I don't have the time, space. And also, I haven't achieved certain things in my life that I feel like I deserve. And the only way for me to have make that choice to have a child is by agreeing with myself, I will never get to do X, Y, and Z. Like, your life will no longer be allowed to move in that direction because everything you do now will have to be about ensuring that this other life gets the best chance. And I'm not equipped to do that in my circumstances. Um, and I feel like the only way I would ever want to have a child is if I could ensure that I get to live a life that I want to do um, while also ensuring that the child gets to have the best possible future. And I can't have both, basically. And I think it can be a contentious topic sometimes because it is a case of like, well, I would like to have both, mm -hmm. but I can't have both and I choose me. And that's just the reality. I, I like, why would I, I don't feel the need to have a child to the way of, of having to make that choice. If the choice comes down to, I get to live uh, my life as a full human being that I'm happy with, or I get to have a child and ensure that the child has as good a life as they can while I go through all the stress and the anxiety and the concern about money and the not knowing if I'm going to be able to, you know, do, never, never being able to do all these other things, but just making sure that everything is sacrificed for the child. I just, I don't know. I think mm -hmm. I like, I get called selfish for that, but I don't really see, because I don't have a child and I'm ignoring the child. I'm making the choice to not have a child and to yeah. put myself first. Uh, yeah. So I think like, I think that choice is fine. I get your point And to a certain degree, I do agree with it by setting yourself up for, I'm going to do it at this time. And it's going to be perfect by telling yourself that then you don't, I, I think it's better to say like, look, I'm going to put it off. And if I make the choice that I'm not going to have a kid until I'm like after 35, then I have to accept that a certain number of things might happen. That like there might be problems with infertility, there might be problems with the pregnancy, there might be this. But I also feel like there's a problem as well with saying like, oh, I'm going to have a child and it's going to be a perfect child. And it's like, you might hate your kid, your kid might hate you. Like you also don't know what's going <laughs> to yeah. happen with your child. So Nobody knows. any parent yeah. who has that expectation that I'm going to have a child and it's going to be this perfect. And then I'm when I'm old, they're going to take care of me and all this. It's like we can't control what will happen. So I, I think you're right in saying that if you want to have a child, have a child. But I also think that it's responsible to consider if I have a child, will I be able to make sure that they have everything they need given my current circumstances? And if the answer is no, then I think it's responsible to say, well, I'll put it off a while until I financially can do that, but also on the understanding that I might then not be able to have a child. And if you're okay with that, I think that's fine. Super complicated topic. I want to be sensitive, but-, I, but I, Yeah, I want, I want to move on from it because I think okay, that maybe what move we need on. to do is um, pick- Pick a different movie and have and have this conversation a bit more in depth or something, because okay. I do think we on. have very different opinions on it as well. And um, like, yeah, yeah. And it, it, there's just, there's so many factors to it. But but let's let's move totally. on for now, because the premise for this movie is that um, high IQ people not having kids and low IQ people having lots of kids leads to natural selection filtering out intelligence. So that's what you were saying at the start, like this idea of, um, you know, dumb versus smart. So 
this all has links to the work of Henry Herbert Goddard. Now, he was an American psychologist and he believed at first that evolution and natural selection rewarded intelligence. His scientific investigation was published in 1912 and focused on the Kallikak family, which was a, a pseudon, pseudonym, pseudonym name. Yeah. Uh, a patient of his, Deborah Kallikak, was, in his estimation, feeble minded. Now, at the time when they referred to, like at this time in the early 1900s, when they referred to someone as feeble-minded, that meant someone with mental and developmental disabilities and illnesses. When he was tracing her genealogy, he determined that it was inherited because somewhere back in her family tree, a smart, wholesome, upstanding man had a dalliance with a feeble-minded barmaid. This led to the idea that to preserve intelligence, dumb people shouldn't be allowed to have children, which resulted, Frida, in forced sterilization, selective breeding, and talk around racial improvement. And we all know where that led. Now, I would love to delve a lot deeper into this, but I think I'd rather find a different movie to use. So if anyone has any recommendations for us to get like proper deep into eugenics, then please do let us know. But um just to finish a little bit about Goddard, then I'll ask your thoughts, because uh, he's a bit of a tricky one, because he did later admit that there were a lot of mistakes and inaccuracies in this work, and he retracted it. And then he actually devoted okay. the rest of his life from the 20s on to improving education, child rearing practices and improving environmental influences on childhood. And back in 1911, he was actually one of the people that wrote the first US law that said blind, deaf and intellectually disabled children should be provided special education in schools. But he was still a supporter of eugenics and segregationist. So still can't give him that much, you know, don't want to give him too much props here for, for the work that he did. But yeah, so so it's one of those situations where his work kicked off this whole idea about um, intelligence being inherited. And then even though he came back afterwards and said, look, actually, there's a lot of flaws here and I retract everything. It still continued. People still went, no, 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 there's something in this. There's something in this. And he's like, no, 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 there isn't actually. But yeah. So how do we feel about what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that the natural selection happens at the cellular level. On the cellular level, like it, yeah. it's, we, we extrapolate the ideas of natural selection into like traits that we see as preferable to others. And I feel like it, it ventures heavily into like Nazi thinking as well. Yeah. You know, this what's is, stronger, yeah, what's where it fittest. all leads to, yeah. Yeah, it, it does. I think it leads to that. It leads to basically being like those people should and those people should, those people should. And I think it's it's a miss understanding of what natural selection actually is talking about on what kind of level in terms of length scales this shit actually takes place and what if you can't yeah like intelligence there is absolutely no proof that it would reward intelligence in any way because like well it it kind of dangerous it brings us into the the next topic which is basically like that like intelligence isn't inherited it's not in your genes um it's learned that's right in my my opinion and but what i'm interested in is more so like how do we measure intelligence how do we decide what worthwhile intelligence is and that's what i find interesting about this saying saying that natural selection rewards intelligence and that um this whole like selective breeding thing and and this this theme that this movie is basically saying that like because smart people didn't procreate and only dumb people did, then society became dumb. And it's like, but what what is smart? What is intelligence? Like, what what is it in your estimation? 
in my estimation, I don't think this is one of those things where you, you make this, this is what I talk, I like to talk about a precision in your speaking, especially when you're talking science or you're pretending that you're talking science, you have to be precise in what you're talking about. Natural selection favors intelligence. What are you talking about? What are you saying? What's intelligence? What are you measuring here? And that's like, when you get into how do you measure intelligence? Mm. Um, it's a not, it's, it's actually kind of a nonsense phrase. We have some ways to measure intelligence, but at, you know, from our well, because point like, of view, we're thinking it's it's for what purpose are it, you getting those based... measurements and how are you applying it? It's not something which applies to no. everybody in every circumstance. It's only for certain purposes. This maybe there's a, I, there's an intelligence quota that might work, but it doesn't mean it's going to represent every single person on the planet equally. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're using IQ tests here because that's how they're referring to it is, is in IQ. But like, I mean, it's been known for years that IQ tests aren't a good measure of intelligence. Like they're not a number. An IQ number doesn't mean that you're intelligent. It means that you were able to see certain patterns and see like it's a certain level of of. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know how to describe it, to be honest, actually. But I do think that and, and I don't I don't want to be unfair here, but I do feel like that it's a very American thing. This um, this this uh, fascination with IQ tests, with being able to say my IQ is this number, therefore I'm super smart. Um, you know, or it's, it's a thing that people like to throw back because they do like an online IQ test and they come back and they go like, oh, I've got an IQ in the whatever percentile. And it's like, but intelligence, like, there's a great video of, uh, I think it's a Star Talk episode of Neil deGrasse Tyson and he's talking about it and he's just saying like, we tend to attribute intelligence to, yeah, like an IQ number or a degree on a wall. And it's like, but like, is art intelligence? Is music intelligence? Is, you know, it's like, it, you can be intelligent at many, many things. You know, it, it intelligence doesn't like specifically mean... Uh. But, but I'm I, on the fence about that because I think that there are certain degrees, look, between you and me, you know, I do think that if you have certain degrees that it does say something about your, well, whether it's industrious, industriousness or, but there is, there is intelligence, there is being smarter, but the question is, how are you using it? Are you using it as a basis to exterminate people? Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, is this just yeah. theoretical conversation? Is this just chit chat? Or are you trying to separate people into groups and say you can't come but, to this job or you can co you know what I mean? It depends on what is yeah. the function of that. But I, no, I do, I do, I do think that the genius is something which is there is some there is such a thing as a as a genius. I mean, I mean, what's the point? The question is like, what's the point of calling somebody that? Like, what does it matter? What are you going to do with it? Yeah, I guess but, it's just, but it's the just thing interesting is, table talk. Yeah, but you're but the I guess the thing is like. We, we refer to, you know, a child genius who's somebody who's really good at math or science. And then like a prodigy is, you know, a, what a four year old who can play Mozart on the piano. And it's like, does that mean that the that the person who can play Mo the four year old who can play Mozart on the piano is not as intelligent? Like to me, it's like it's it's how are you using it? You have a certain aptitude to be able to do something. And how are you using that? And so it just, to me, it's just like judging it purely based on like an IQ and then saying, oh, the future would be doomed yeah. if people, because low people with a lower IQ could be incredibly, 
have an incredible aptitude at something else that is needed and useful yeah. within society as well. So, like, I just think it's just a bullshit metric. It's really. true. Certainly, IQ is not inherited. That's ridiculous. Yeah, not at you all. Don't, you, it's not hereditary. And also, people that are – people can give birth to people that are smarter than them, by the way. I do think what, – what does it mean to have talent versus intelligence versus genius – I don't know. What do all these terms really mean? It all depends on how you're using it, as I'm saying. Like, are you using it to compare people to each other in order to say some people are allowed here, some people aren't allowed there? Or are you just trying to find words to explain yeah. something? There are people that are kind of excesses of brilliance, and it's never usually just that one thing. When someone is a brilliant person, it's not like just piano. It's like it'll be several things. It'll be in several areas, right? But um, yeah. I also think that it's this whole this whole film falls to, falls to pieces. The idea that like if you're stupid, and let's just say that that's being measured because your IQ is low, then your children will also have a low IQ. What? Yeah, maybe they won't be raised yeah. up with knowledge of the arts or classical music because they don't have access to that. And we're talking at poverty here. We're not talking about stupidity. We're actually just talking yes. about poverty and lack of opportunity. It's gross. It's 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 not it's not it doesn't hold up. We're talking about lack of access to education, um, lack of access to resources, which means you don't have any access to all these things, so you can't educate yourself. Doesn't mean you're stupid, but certainly even if you are stupid, stupid is not hereditary. You can have smart children even if you're stupid and it happens every single day all the time. This isn't her yeah, intelligence is not hereditary, but certain poverty is certainly hereditary. This is just talking about poverty, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's saying the rich people like, don't have children. Like that's the thing. It's um, yeah. It 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 very much is, and it's something that I've always kind of. It's something that we need to talk about more in society. Is like the access to education is one of the biggest problems because what we yes. do is you say say you have kids that are in school, and they have a bit more money, so they can pay for a tutor. So that kid gets more access to education. They get more knowledge. They they have easy access to books. Maybe their parents are actually teachers or maybe their parents are scientists. They already have more kind of knowledge of the world and more ability to, to filter in for, or they've been taught in certain ways that then makes them, then they go into secondary school and they get better grades and they get tutors again in secondary schools and then they get more opportunity so then they get to go to university and then at university maybe they get like uh, they don't have to work a second job because they don't financially need it so they're able to just focus on their studies so then again they get a higher uh, they get a higher number in their grades and then they get a scholarship because the scholarship is awarded based on how high your grades are and it's like, true, okay, true. but what about the student who came from like a single parent family on social welfare and true. didn't have access to tutors and just had to do their very best. And then they had a part time job from the age of 16. So they were in school and they were also still trying to study um, and, and they were also having to work. And then they went to university and then they had to they had to go to a different university because they couldn't afford to go to that university. And then they had to get this job. So then they couldn't focus that much time on their thing. So they got a slightly lower mark and Preach. they would really benefit from a scholarship of being able to go on to the next stage. But they won't get the scholarship. Like, it's so skewed. Preach. And this yeah. idea that, like, you reward 
people who have access to education more than you give the people who don't have those advantages easier access to education infuriates me. Yeah. Preach. It's opportunity. Opportunity. And and no, I mean that that was perfect. And and then and then of course, you know, with lack of access to opportunity, and then you're gonna you're gonna shit on somebody for then taking pride in like I mean this movie makes everybody look disgusting, but like having children and and being a parent and a mother. You're gonna you're gonna turn to somebody who has limited opportunity and has sort of been filtered out of every possible potential opportunity they had because of what you're talking about that you you know can be a mother and choose to have children as a way to I don't know whatever do you know what I mean and then and then you're like oh stupid people having children smart people aren't that's very reductive it's not really looking at anything in any critical fashion Mm. which you just explained all right. So, well, then let's 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 move into the next part then, because we don't we've only got we don't have much more to talk about, really, to be honest. Uh, but the next part that I do okay. want to bring up is um, so in terms of so we know like natural selection is like bull, natural selection, rewarding intelligence is bullshit. But yes. and this movie is all about this idea of uh, or or when you watch when you watch a lot of stuff that that talks about the themes of this movie, it always refers to this idea of anti-intellectualism but i watched a wisecrack youtube video um that actually asked is this movie deep or dumb and they raised a really good point in it where they said that while the movie's hailed as prophetic for a future surrounded by anti-intellectualism the actual because everyone says you know like oh it's basically a documentary now but the actual future that we live in or the present is focused more on pseudo-intellectualism so people are not necessarily against intelligence, but they claim to know more than they do and they misuse science. So we're talking anti-vaxxers, flat earthers, quantum healing, climate change deniers, basically the Dunning-Kruger effect, uh, but in a society that does not value or promote education and uses this idea of like question everything as a weapon against evidence-based science. So is yeah. this scarier? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and sort of the anti-intellectualism, um, or sort of this idea of it, almost weaponizes that idea in order to fuel it. If you know, like, mm. like the idea that there are elites, because we just talked about a very real thing about certain people have access to opportunity, and therefore they climb into the elite um, strata of society. And then there's a very understandable resentment against those people from people in whatever, you know what I'm saying? Lower socioeconomic parts of society. And so then there's a very real resentment of elites. And then that fuels this sort of pseudo anti-intellectualism as well. We've talked about this. So we talked about it in our documentary miniseries when we did Flat Earth uh, or Behind the Curve because... We talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect there and we talked about just this whole idea that like there are people who have all this potential but maybe don't have access to the education and because of that they end up floating more towards this other group that are saying, oh no, 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 it's okay, you don't have to worry about all of that because it's just this. Like they're lying to you. They're they're snobs. They don't want to, they don't want to, you know, they don't want you to know the truth. So come over here and if you are a bit inclined to be more like, like that like have that resentment towards 
towards the scientists who are saying you're wrong you're dumb you're being stupid then you are going to be more um more prone towards falling towards the other side where which becomes pseudo intellectual and it's like oh well balls yeah yeah as in we're not talking anti-intellectualism we're talking pseudo intellectualism and unfortunately underpinned by a, a very real lack of equality um, yes. in the United States of America. And that's the conversation we had. It's like we have to have compassion and, you know, it is important to recognize, you know, if you were lucky enough to receive an education that you can have discourse to not patronize people and to be able to actually have functional discourse where you have compassion with people and don't attack them because they're stupid you know uh, yeah it's it's sort of a responsibility of the people that have had enough privilege to get that education uh to 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 learn how to have discourse yeah exactly and this movie does not have refuses to have any discourse and just says stupid 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 mock 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 yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it's doing. It's just making fun of like, oh, dumb people having babies, and you're like, that, it doesn't that that doesn't create the society that you're claiming. Um, no. Yeah, it's all, it's uh, no. it's people who do, it's people who have access to this education, not ensuring that the people who don't have access to education have that access, and also ensuring that people who are uh, in poor communities have more support. And have more, um, and I say that as someone who was raised by a single parent on social welfare in council housing. Like, hmm. I'm not, I'm doing my PhD at Oxford, but that doesn't mean that I'm just kind of going like, oh, I think these people need, like, this is what I grew up in. This is like, I grew up and everything was harder to get to where I am today and why it's taken me so much longer. And I've made it, but that's only be through sheer determination and perseverance through fucking like 10 years of just trying to get to this point and recognizing that there are other people who grew up in the situation I grew up in who deserve opportunities and who could be doing what I'm doing right now but will not be doing it because they haven't had the chance to get this far and uh yeah yeah. so that's that's just I just think that like it's on it's on us who make it there to make sure that we're make like creating the environment or partaking in it in such a way that create allows it to be more accessible for other people or at least trying to make sure that people who don't have that access to education that have have a space to go to to learn and feel positive about it anyway sorry that's just me yeah me having you've a moment seen both sides yeah no you've seen both sides it's a unique perspective um so is there anything else you want to talk about um about anti-intellectual about the the whole intellectual aspect of this and the the science okay nope so one of the reasons it seems in this movie that people get dumber in idiocracy is due to the automation of everything so people seem to lose the ability to think for themselves and take action past what a machine says to do and i do feel that the more automated our world becomes the more basic skills we lose and i know that you said that i think this is your biggest fear is it Mm. Yeah, shitty AI. Uh, uh, yeah, well, well, it's two things. It's one is that the AI is shit, but I had this conversation with someone and 
Um, and he said, oh, well, first it'll be shit and then it'll get better. So, okay, I've stopped yeah. thinking about that. But it's more that it's more that the more – if the AI is getting better, then people will lose those skills. That That's that's a real worry for me and that, that this movie kind of shows that, that, mm. that, that, that people relied on AI and then professionals lost skills and I think medicine. Radiology is definitely going to be the big one. That'll be right. the first thing to go. Like you, people won't use, lose the ability – people will lose the ability to read medical scans because – and to read tests and to interpret tests because computers will do it. Uh, I think that's a problem. But right. it's definitely going to happen. That that's the thing, and it's like, uh, and you're so right in that even the movie does p- does depict it in that way that all of this automation it is shit. Like the whole place is it's just all shit. shit. Like it's all terrible. Well, it's all dirty and gross, yeah. and you know that like the rumba that's stuck <laughs> vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's just you know. Robot vacuum cleaners has always been a funny thing for me that it always would seem like a relaxing job away from academia to make robot vacuum cleaners go better. I always felt like this, like, oh, if only I could just make a robot vacuum cleaner, that could be my job. Um, yeah. But it's also because nobody could maintain it. Everyone lost the skill of how to fix that shit as well. So I guess that'll happen over time. It's like, oh, how do we how do we fix this? What is all that? Yeah, that that's, yeah. that's the thing. It's like we, we have we now have so many products. We have so many things. And and that's why I do find like the trying to. The, this this is where I do feel like the whole pseudo intellectual thing does really come into it because we now live in a world where there's so many different areas of technology of science of advancement that are so niche and specific that like you kind of have to just trust that somebody else knows how to do that you're just like I don't need to worry about this because some other person knows how to do this because I can't possibly go and learn how to how to do that I don't know how to fix my phone I need to go to someone to fix my phone <laughs> like and I need to hope that there's always going to be someone who knows how to fix my phone. But exactly, the more automated things become, the more you're like, can this fix my phone? I hope it can. Oh, oh, oh even <laughs> how do I go get there to the, yeah. I use, I rely on my map so much that yes. I don't know how to read a map and I don't know how to get anywhere and I'm lost and I don't know anyone's <laughs> number because I, I don't memorize numbers I'm, anymore. I mean, every, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Just... I realized that. I was like, I need to write it down yeah. somewhere. I don't like if I was stranded, I wouldn't be able to call anyone. <laughs> like literally. Yeah. What? Well, <laughs> this is a rabbit hole. We could descend down to this about like how fucking dumb we all are forever. So it's a, it's okay, a risky. <laughs> we're about to slip into a rabbit hole. So. Okay, let's move. <laughs> let's move on then to the to the just the final thing that I just we've kind of talked about it just there a little bit already. But it was basically that because we talked a lot about consumerism in the future when we did our Philip K. Dick miniseries. And this really is the most like prophetic part of the movie for me, like that in recent years, we've become we've become the product as well as the consumer. And everyone is now expected to have like a personal brand and influencer culture means that we feel like we have to sell ourselves to be seen as valuable. And we also need to aspire to like have a following. And these days, young people want their job title to be influencer, and they're willing to do a lot of work for very little to build their brand. So value is placed more on likes and attention than it is on education. And then this allows companies to take advantage and turn people into ads, uh, which is essentially what this movie is. Every piece of clothing people wear in this movie is branded by some corporate um, thing. So... How, how, 
How do you feel? Yeah, it's the most prophetic. It's the most realistic and prophetic part of the entire thing. Is the is a, a total corporate takeover, and then and then it's funny that the movie doesn't point to like who's who's at fault. Um, <laughs> it's not natural selection, baby. It's Nike yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Profits before people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ads. Yeah. Even. Um, yeah, when I see like the Marvel Studios, you know, uh, they ch- they change the name of the big football stadium. It's like Marvel St- Marvel Studios, Marvel Stadium, and it already feels dystopian to me. It's like everybody loves Marvel. We'll come down to Marvel Stadium and be reminded <laughs> of Marvel, and then you'll go watch it and buy shit. It's like, uh, yeah, you it's... leave Marvel alone. <laughs> leave Marvel out of this. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. But we'll, yeah. Uh, refer everybody to our Wally episode where okay. we uh, go into this sort of corporate um yeah. corporate role in the yeah. downfall. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Um okay, well then so Frida, is this movie deep or dumb? It's so dumb. <laughs> there you have it. I agree. Don't look dumb. at me shocked. I mean, it's really dumb. It, it could be really deep. Dumb. It 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 it's it's kind of pseudo intellectual. Just the whole, uh, you know, natural selection favors intelligence. It's dumb because what's natural selection in that sentence? What's intelligence in that section? In that yeah. sentence? What's favors? What do you mean by all of that? That's like quantum healing. There, yeah, there, like there's there's aspects to it that you could kind of look at it and think like, okay, well, it's pointing to you know, the, the certain types of things that could affect society in the future, yeah, like, you know, over-reliance on corporate or, you know, corporate um, corporations having too much power, uh, automation and losing skills and losing um, yeah. and lack of education or interest in education. But like the entire premise of the movie being this idea of anti- anti-intellectualism or that it's due to natural selection, that it's the fault of uh, people with high IQs not having children and people with low IQs just having loads of children is complete bullshit, complete and total bullshit. And looking at it now, it's actually just intent to me. It's just intensely rude uh, to say that like, oh, you know, dumb people having kids is going to ruin society because that's just bullshit. That's <laughs> just not, that's not it's a real so thing. It's so rude. I yeah. think that is so rude. And also people talk, I, 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 people will say also about like religious people are stupid and religious people have a lot of kids and like all this kind of stuff, like calling people stupid because they're in a group that like they're different to you is so rude and it is elitist and people should watch that yeah. shit. Exactly. We need, we need to more look at, we need to direct our attentions more to who has access to education, what types of education they are. Like, it's not about an intelligence level. It's about what are we do? Like, how are we taking care of people? How are we helping people understand this world that we live in now that is so filled with science and technology and so reliant on all of this stuff, how is everyone fitting into our society and how are we protecting people um, who mm-hmm. don't have advantages that others do? Yeah. And, that, and if that's you want to look to, 
And, and if you want to look for someone to blame, look where the power is concentrated. Yes. Start there in look your search. Look where the power and the money is. That's where the people to be blamed are found, not with the powerless. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that's a nice place to, to leave all of that. And uh, okay. let's move Let's move into our last section, which is what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what this the will be easy. Fuck. <laughs> Brenda, what did, the did, fuck? Did, did, you, did you pick out a what the fuck? I have two. My first one oh, is okay. that I'm offended at how shitty the performance of the Attorney General was. Her name is... The, the Attorney General, it offended me. I don't think I remember this. Sarah Rue, the Attorney General. I was offended how shit her performance was. She had like this dumb voice and it was just crazy. But that's not really my what the fuck. But I, I was like, remember what that the character. Fuck? Oh, it was so bad. What okay. the fuck? But my real what the fuck is like these constant threats to rape Maya Rudolph's character. Like this is yes. the insinuation. Yeah. If, if if she's not useful to you, we're gonna. She she better be. You better be. Otherwise, we're gonna like. What? Yeah. The yeah. Fuck. That is dark. And like, yeah. how is that? That's just what women are like. And then it's back to the Attorney General. It's like, how is that Attorney General sort of surviving if? That's sort of the way people are treating, or is that the insinuation too? What the fuck? That was gross, it's, and they didn't really like push back at that at all. No, because it's a very classic way. I mean, like, what? When was this movie made? Two thousand and six, two thousand and five. And that's Ew. just. I mean, like we we've talked about this with so many movies, so many of the movies we've talked about from like the nineties and the early two thousands. Where there's there is just this attitude that is just so intense in comparison to um to how to what we would what we would expect to see in the movies nowadays. It's like Jesus. Um, yeah. So speaking of actually, I'll give you like I'll give oh, you my so silly was... one first because because my yeah, what the yeah. fuck is a similar thing, right? Um, yeah. So first off, it's just the whole scene with when when he first meets Frito like that TV hurts my brain I can't even look at it but the oh. toilet chair the toilet chair disturbed me beyond anything um, when he gets up and flushes man- the toilet from the chair I'm like <laughs> no like just no this is the point specific point in the movie where I went nope I'm not nope you lost me completely lost me I'm not nope nope <laughs> It reminded me of this French movie I watched when I was like really little where it was like a joke where they would sit down at the table, which everything was toilets. But then when they wanted to go eat, they had to go to a private room to eat. That was like the joke. It was they would just sit on the toilet and hang out playing cards. And then they'd be like, sorry, I got to go. And they'd be eating in the toilet. They'd be like, occupé, I'm eating. And it was just hilarious. It reminded me of that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, What's your real what the fuck? My real one. Oh god, my real one. Like I actually struggle with like actually saying this. When Rita and um, Joe are about to go into stasis, the scientist walks in, right, and he says a line. I replayed this four times to figure out what he said. I put the subtitles on to make sure he said what he said. 
he walks in and he goes, okay, my, and then he says the N word. And I was like, did that just happen? I honestly, I had to, I had to go back. I had to go back. And then I put the credits on or the subtitles on. And I was like, he actually did just say that. Like, are we literally still living like this, this movie, like the time where it was okay for a white man to walk in and say that to, no, he was a scientist dude in the white coat just before they were about to go into the pods at the very start of the oh. movie. Oh, yeah, because he because he, he had been the, the pimp taking on the pimps thing. Oh, that, that guy, was like yeah, the whole yeah, joke. Okay, oh, okay. That's why and, he said and that. And so he'd been like, and did the subtitles say? I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah. What did the subtitles say? Yeah, it said The it. whole word? Yeah. Well, I suppose the subtitles would have to because you don't know who's saying it. You don't like, you know, it's. But it's like, yeah, yeah what the fuck? I Honestly, I was like just sitting there. I cannot fucking believe that. Like, I just white people. I just like the fact that, that the fact that it was supposed so to be funny, you know, that it was supposed to be humorous. And it's like, it's not funny. That was the whole gag. Yeah. I bet you they I did that whole thing before just so that he could walk in and say that. Yeah. Oh, oh God, it's just like yeah. Gross. So, so yeah. So, so that that was my main what the fuck. <laughs> but the whole movie is a lot of what the fuck. But yeah. Anyway. Okay, so that's it. So final verdicts then. Um, lol. <laughs> Did the movie pass the Sam's test? <laughs> no. No, of course not. Um, for for those in our life, Sam's test relates to how it how it portrays the women in the movie. So it did not pass our portrayal of women test. Uh, did it no. pass the here comes the science bit? No. No. Of course not. No. Uh, no way. Not. What's your final verdict? Offensive. Your... Yeah. Um, three quarters of a star. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went for one and I'm giving it one just for the discussion topics that it raised that we were able to have a conversation about because of it. That's the only reason I'm giving it one. But yeah, I just no. I this movie is not this movie is not Sorry. for me. <laughs> that's like that's like the film critic equivalent of like, well, at least it's brought awareness to the issue when <laughs> referring to some like dumbass thing. Yeah, at but least we award people are based, talking about it. That's but, a good thing. But we award based on science, and there's no real science. But we managed to talk about a lot of real science-based education-based topics so i'm like okay fine true it did true raise a conversation for us <laughs> yeah didn't mean true. i liked it no no you're um, right you're very generous okay so next movie frida all right ready pick the next time we're doing a serious movie with the serious science topics and the film that i've chosen to do next is awakenings um yeah, it's Awakenings. Yeah. Nothing else to say I, on that. And uh, I'm looking forward to yeah. it. I've never seen it before, so I've never seen it either. It's supposed to be pretty good. It's I think, yeah. I think it's based on true story too. I'm actually really excited to look into whether that's all that, that's true. That's pretty yeah. wacky. I've looked at the plot um, summary and it looks like really interesting. So very Absolutely. excited to talk about whatever. We haven't really done a lot of like med- medicine, like actual yeah. real life medicine movies. So can't wait. Excellent. Cool. So Awakenings is our next one. Um, next week, there is the second slash really the fourth episode of our time travel miniseries, which is Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah? 
Well done. Dude. Um, <laughs> Pretty sure it's Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you'd like to join us that. in two weeks' time for Awakenings, please do. Um, we would super appreciate it if you would give us a rating um, and subscribe to the podcast because it really helps us with visibility and stuff and we need to we need people to help push us out there more so if you are listening to us please go and rate the podcast um, uh, on whatever your chosen player is if it doesn't allow you to rate it just hit subscribe that would be great or come and follow us on TikTok um, at Science of the Movies and or on Instagram And if you have any movies that you want to recommend or that you would like us to cover, then yeah, do let us know. You can email us on scienceofthemovies.gmail.com or just just drop a comment on our socials. So yeah, thank you for listening to Idiocracy. And now we never have to talk about this movie ever again. Bye. 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 Bye.